Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, found under the psychiatric section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 40-year-old man presents to a psychiatrist for a follow-up appointment. He had been in the Army for 10 years and had post-traumatic stress disorder. He started seeing a psychiatrist one month ago and had been treated with cognitive behavioral therapy and sertraline. He reports that while this has helped with his thoughts during the day, he continues to have nightmares almost every night. His psychiatrist adds prazosin. Let's continue with an introduction to post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. As a general overview, remember that PTSD is a condition resulting from exposure to real, threatened, or perceived serious injury or sexual assault with symptoms lasting more than one month. There is often long latency. For example, childhood abuse may appear as PTSD as an adult. In terms of the pathogenesis, this may be due to alterations in the amygdala, hippocampus, prefrontal cortex, and hypothalamic pituitary axis, and conditions that are associated include other mood disorders. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that there is a lifetime prevalence of up to 8%. Demographically, it affects females more than males, and risk factors include trauma. Moving on to the presentation. The diagnosis, according to the DSM-5, requires exposure to actual or threatened death, injury, or assault. There's persistent re-experience of the event, such as intrusive thoughts, nightmares or related dreams, recurrent memories, dissociative experiences such as flashbacks, and negative feelings due to triggers. There's avoidance of potential triggers or of talking or thinking about the event. There's a negative alteration in cognition and mood, such as inappropriate blaming of oneself or others, persistent negative emotions, loss of interest, and detachment from others. There's hyperarousal, such as irritability, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, self-harming acts, and recklessness. The symptoms must last more than one month, they must cause significant distress or dysfunction, and they are not attributable to anything else such as medications or a medical condition. On exam, one will note physiological signs of arousal, such as tremor, sweating, or agitation, and a decreased range of emotions. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about acute stress disorder, with key distinguishing factors being that there will be an onset of similar symptoms after a traumatic event that lasts three days to one month, and treatment for this is cognitive behavioral therapy. With regards to treatment, lifestyle options include cognitive behavioral therapy. This is indicated for all patients. Medical options include beta blockers. This may help to prevent PTSD. Other options include SSRIs, which are indicated as first-line treatment. Specific drugs include sertraline and paroxetine, which are FDA-approved for this use. Another option is SNRIs. These are indicated as first-line along with SSRIs. Specific drugs include venlafaxine. Other options include clonidine and guanfacine. These are indicated for agitation. And another medical option is prazosin. This is indicated to reduce nightmares and insomnia. Complications related to PTSD include mood disorders, panic and other anxiety disorders, substance abuse disorders, and headaches. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, an important prognostic variable is the patient's resilience. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to PTSD, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. An 88-year-old man presents to his primary care physician due to insomnia. The patient's wife states that she often sees him sitting awake at night, seeming visibly irritated. This has persisted for years, but worsened recently when the patient attended a funeral of one of his friends in the military. 
The patient states that he has trouble sleeping and finds that any slight sound causes him to feel very alarmed. Recently, the patient has been having what he describes as strong memories of events that occurred with his fellow soldiers while at war. At times he awakens in a cold sweat and has not been able to get quality of sleep in weeks. The patient has a past medical history of anxiety, obesity, and type 2 diabetes mellitus. His current medications include insulin, metformin, lisinopril, sodium docusate, and fish oil. Which of the following is the best initial medical therapy for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Bupropion Choice 2. Buspirone Choice 3. Clonazepam Choice 4. Escitalopram Or Choice 5. Trazodone The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Escitalopram This patient is presenting with insomnia irritability, and flashbacks in the setting of a traumatic exposure suggesting a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. The best initial therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy and selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors such as escitalopram. Post-traumatic stress disorder occurs in patients who have experienced a traumatic event which can range from war to a car accident to an unpleasant confrontation. These patients will present with irritability, anxiety, insomnia, amnesia, emotional detachment, and flashbacks. They will often complain of intrusive thoughts and nightmares in addition to hypervigilance and sleep disturbance. The diagnosis is based on the duration of symptoms and can be divided into acute stress disorder with symptoms lasting less than one month and PTSD with symptoms lasting more than one month. The best initial therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder is first behavioral therapies including CBT and trauma-focused psychotherapies. The best initial pharmacotherapy is an SSRI, with the best results involving combining both behavioral therapy and pharmacotherapy. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bupropion is an antidepressant that is typically the second line in treating depression and first line in treating depression in smokers who wish to quit smoking. And SSRI's preferred therapy over bupropion in treating PTSD. Choice 2. Buspirone is an anxiolytic that is used as a second line in general anxiety disorder. This patient's symptoms are more severe than mere anxiety and require an SSRI as pharmacologic therapy. Choice 3. Clonazepam is a benzodiazepine that could be used during acute episodes of PTSD to alleviate severe autonomic symptoms. However, it is not the best initial therapy and should be used only after other avenues have failed to treat the patient's symptoms since dependence is a concern. Choice 5. Trazodone is an antidepressant that also has sedative properties that make it useful in cases of insomnia. This patient's insomnia has a clear associated diagnosis, and it would be more appropriate to treat the underlying cause than to treat the patient's symptoms. Finally, a bullet summary. Post-traumatic stress disorder presents with insomnia, irritability, anxiety, amnesia, emotional detachment, and flashbacks, and the best initial therapy is CBT and an SSRI. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 28-year-old male presents with the recent onset of upsetting dreams, anxiety, and disturbing flashbacks. The patient reports that he returned from active duty in Iraq three months ago and was adjusting to life back at home until about seven weeks ago when he began having intense fear of loud noises and seeing sudden flashbacks to bombing attacks he endured during his time in Iraq. He had to take a leave from his army instructor duties as he was not able to handle the familiar settings of practice shooting ranges and sudden loud explosions during battalion training. After refusing to leave his house, he was finally persuaded by his wife to visit your clinic. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Acute stress disorder Choice 2. Performance anxiety Choice 3. Schizophrenia Choice 4. Post-traumatic stress disorder 
or choice 5, panic attack. The best answer to this question is choice 4, post-traumatic stress disorder. A patient complaining of flashbacks, nightmares, and avoidance of specific stimuli is likely suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is often seen in war veterans, rape victims, and survivors of traumatic events. PTSD symptoms do not have to manifest right after the event, but they must last for longer than one month to qualify as PTSD. The most common symptoms of PTSD are flashbacks, nightmares, avoidance of stimuli, anhedonia, insomnia, and suicidal thoughts. The main course of treatment is psychotherapy and use of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. The publication by Warner et al. reports that around 8% of men and 20% of women who experience traumatic events present with PTSD. Once diagnosed, benzodiazepines and atypical antipsychotics should be avoided due to the overwhelming number of side effects. Caretakers should be wary of patient substance use and mood disorders. The publication by McDermott et al. reports a study looking at the relationship between migraine and patients presenting with PTSD. Analysis demonstrated that PTSD was a stronger predictor of migraine than gender and mood symptoms. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Acute stress disorder has the same symptom profile as PTSD, but lasts from 3 days to 1 month. Choice 2. Performance anxiety is a form of anxiety often triggered before an individual engages the public, such as in a sports game or public speaking. Choice 3. Schizophrenia presents with auditory hallucinations, paranoia, and negative mood disorders for more than 6 months. Choice 5. Panic attack is a situation-related episode of extreme fear. Diagnostic criteria is met when episodes are unexpected and recurrent. That's all for this review about post-traumatic stress disorder. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.